Well, hello, friends. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, and on this episode of The Improvement Project, I'm sharing an interview about one of my favorite topics, habits. Listen in to hear my chat with Nikki and Ashley from The Habit Society. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 19 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 171 of the Improvement Project Podcast, and today I am excited to welcome a couple of special guests to the show who are just as excited about habits as I am. Nikki and Ashley are the co-founders of The Habit Society, a five-minute newsletter on how to create and stick to healthy habits. The newsletter goes live every Monday and focuses on a wide range of topics with information curated from the greats in the field, all related to cultivating healthy habits. All right, Nikki and Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. All right. I would love it if each of you would share a little bit about yourselves how you got interested in habits and how you teamed up and how you work together. So I basically want to hear the habit society origin story. Yes. So I can start. Um, I'm Ashley and I am a physiotherapist now. I've always really been into health and wellness and all that kind of stuff, exercising. And I'm now doing a health coach, holistic nutrition certificate, uh, which has been super great. And I were we'll get into this later, but we're going to start coaching clients with that. So it's kind of been a lot of different things getting me into this habit world. Um, Well, before I get into the origin story of the habit (laughs) side, I'll let Nikki introduce herself. Yes. So my name is Nikki. I have more of a business background. So um, I kind of entered this habit world mostly because of Ashley. That's probably the biggest reason, but (laughs) I guess uh, a few things um, growing up helped a little bit. So we actually met when we were dancers. So we were on the same dance team and we had rigorous training every day. So that definitely helped uh, build a foundation for good habits. We had to go to practice every day. We had to work out on our off days. We had to eat healthy so that we, you know, stayed in shape for dancing. And we had to, uh, you know, learn a lot of time management to manage school and dance and all of our practices and things like that. So that's how I guess we we kind of naturally got into habits, but I guess there's more of a concrete story as we got a little bit older, which I'll let Ashley tell. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still far from perfect, but we were having a lot of trouble, I guess, a year and a half ago, almost right at the beginning of the lockdown. We were both really trying to get into our routines, exercise, meditating, eating healthy. And so we always spoke to each other about it because Nikki was reading different books. I was listening to podcasts and then we would kind of just share everything we were learning. And I I think at that time I was actually listening to the audio book of James Clear Atomic Habits. So it was really uh, (laughs) on point for that timing. And so I would text her, you know, if I intermittent fasted for X hours, because that's what I was working on. And Nikki would text me if she worked out in the morning. So we really became accountability partners. 
Um, and along with the accountability was just sharing all this knowledge and information that we were learning from all these different sources and trying to apply it to ourselves. And then one day we were like, there's so many people that want to know this. Why don't we share it and do something about it? You know, we're sitting at home, we've got all this time. Um, and that's what we did. So here we are. (laughs) I love it. And I just want to share with my listeners that, um, uh, Nikki and Ashley sat down with Jenny and I, Uh, I guess a couple of months ago, and we shared our stories about how we started off on our habits world. And it's so neat to see the parallels between how Jenny and I started out and how Mm -hmm. Nikki and Ashley have started out. It's just two girls who are like, Hey, like, let's talk to each other about all the things that we're interested in. And maybe somebody else might want to hear it. So that's really cool. I love that. Um, And uh, so can you tell me a little bit more about the habit society, what it is exactly and, um, and how people can get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a newsletter that goes into your inbox every Monday morning. Uh, we like to keep it concise. So it's, it's a five minute read and it basically um, tells you a tip every Monday about how to stick to your habits. So we, we try to, you know, curate things from the greats in the field. So like we said, James Clear, BJ Fogg, um, Andrew Huberman, people like that. And we basically kind of sum up their research, sum up their, the advice they give, and then give it to you in a concise and digestible way every Monday. And yeah, that's mainly, that's mainly it. Uh, we've, um, uh, you know, we try to give people actionable insights so that we're not just kind of telling people like what other people do. And we just try to get people to integrate it into their, to their everyday lives. Okay, cool. Um, James Clear, of course, he's one of my (laughs) online pretend best friends, and I'm so glad that you guys love him too. Um, I also have signed up for your newsletter. I look forward to it every Monday. I really feel like it's so cool to um, get a sense that there are other people in the world talking about the same kind of stuff that I'm interested in. I love to geek out with like-minded people about habits. And I know that my listeners have a keen interest in self-improvement and they're already all looking to up-level their lives. They are interested in habits. They've heard me talk about habits potentially ad nauseum in a lot of different ways, but I think that there is something uh, valuable in redundancy when you're locking in concepts. And so I think that it's true that sometimes also hearing a similar concept from different voices or perspectives will hit certain people just right at certain times. So that said, we are still in that back to school kind of let's get after it. Anything can happen magic time in September. And I would love it if you would share with my listeners some of your top tips or strategies for getting started on a new habit or some best practices for locking it in so that it can be more sustainable for the long haul and not until next Friday. Yes. Well, the first one that I like to talk about is setting up your environment for success. So this works for exercise, for studying, and we can talk more about that. Um, But it's really making sure that you have the right cues around. So if you know that you want to work out, you should have your yoga mat right there, your weights out, just to remind you and make it also a lot easier to go and do the habit, which we can get into. James Clear talks a lot about friction. I don't want to go all over the place. First, we'll start with environment. Um, so if you want to read before bed, put your book in your nightstand, especially like you said, back to back to school, September, summer just happened. Everybody was kind of all over the place, going to bed late. This is really a good uh, way to start to integrate that. And 
for other ones, let's say if we're talking about studying, so having your books out on your desk, having a clean desk, nobody wants to go and sit at a, a, a cluttered space. So that would be a, a really good thing to just make sure to have on a uh, daily basis. And then going to friction. So we're really lazy by nature and we want to take the path of least resistance. So we need to do everything that we can to eliminate the friction. So again, with workout, maybe put your workout clothes out the night before, put your running shoes out. If you're doing a home workout, choose the video or write out your, your reps and your sets and just have a very concrete plan in order to be able to get things done because it's nice to just say, I'll work out tomorrow. But to me, that's not really a plan. That's just wishful thinking. That's just hoping that it's going to happen. So make it concrete, pick the time, pick the day, pick the location. And then it's kind of embarrassing if you don't follow through on exactly (laughs) what you just planned. That was so specific. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I would say one that's big for back to school would be implementation intention. So I actually wish I did this throughout my university career but I never really did. So, you know, they, they give you the syllabus syllabus at the beginning of the semester and they outline exactly what you should be doing and exactly what you should be studying. Uh, like, and they also give you the due dates. So they set you up pretty well to do well and to set yourself up to do your own implementation intention. So what I would do at the beginning of semester is really plan it out, plan the exact, exact chapters that you would, that you would do each week and, What this concept is, is basically um, structuring it and also making it specific. So the actual formula for implementation intention is I will behavior at time and location. So for example, I will um, finish chapter one at 5.45 PM um, on on my living room desk. So it makes it more concrete. And like Ashley said, it, it, it kind of does make it a little bit more embarrassing to yourself if you don't follow through. So it, it would, it's definitely something that I wish I did more in university for sure. Can I add to this? Because this is something that's just come up for me lately and I've been using it with some of my clients and it's really helpful. So just like you said, I will finish the behavior. So the finishing of the behavior is important because a lot of people do this thing where they go, I will study physiology for two (laughs) hours at this time at this location. So they've done the implementation intention, but instead of like putting it out there that they want to create a certain result, they've just sort of made it a bit vague of this time is for some random writing or studying versus this is the thing I will actually complete in that time. Mm -hmm. And I just, I recently like kind of caught on to that as such a powerful concept for a lot of people. And I think that that's a, a neat little, like just to, you know, tidy it up the tiniest bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I said I will do chapter one, but you know what? That could be improved way more. I will go through slides one to 10 and answer questions five to seven in that, you know, time frame. So that would be an even better implementation intention. That's where the specificity comes in. So like I was saying, when you say I'll work out tomorrow, what are you going to do? Where are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? It's all these questions that need to be answered before you actually want to do the habit because, any choices that are between you and the habit are friction and they're obstacles. Even if they're silly little pieces of detail, they're really important to be able to get the thing done that you want to get done. Yeah. Amazing. And it'll increase your cognitive load to a threshold that makes a habit difficult as opposed to easy. So all those little choices add up and it's eventually going to kind of go over the threshold and it'll make you not do it anymore. 
Yeah. I, the way I describe that is like, it just reduces your psychic load in exactly. making decisions. It like decreases decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Cool. What else you got? Anything else? <laughs> well, a, a good one that I wish I had taken into account also when I was in school is timing or scheduling your energy, not your time. Ooh, I love this. I just was looking at one of your newsletters and I meant to ask you about this. I'm so glad you're bringing it up. Okay. So let's get into it. I love it. It's a big one, obviously for working, but for studying for sure, because, you know, when you're studying, you're more on your own schedule. So basically most of us follow the same biological rhythm. So morning is our peak, noon is our trough, and then evening is our rebound. So basically I'll talk about what each of those mean. So your peak is in the morning. Um, and this is, so this is for the majority of the people. And I'll talk about night owls a little bit later, but this is really for the vast majority of the population. So this is when you do what requires the most focus and analytical work. So, you know, we heard, we hear this term deep work. So that's really what you want to be doing at that time, because it's when you're not going to succumb to the distractions. Then there's a noon or the trough, um, sorry, trough at noon. And this is what when you do things that need to be done, but don't require as much mental energy. So laundry or preparing dinner or, you know, going for a walk, that would be a good idea or calling a friend, grabbing a coffee. So you want to do work that again, needs to get done, but that isn't focus intensive because if you try to do focus intensive work, you're probably just going to get more tired and you're going to be less productive. And then the rest of the day is kind of, kind of be shot. Or even schedule like the menial tasks at work during that period. If you still have to get things done at work that require less brain power. Exactly. And then evening is the rebound. So this is what require. This is when you should do what requires brainstorming, creative, cultivating new out of the out of the box ideas. Um, and so this is when our mood is up, but our vigilance is low. So it's really that big picture planning. Um, so the big idea is to figure out when your peak trough and rebound are. And Daniel Pink has this sheet, um, but basically it's pretty simple. Every ninety minutes, you fill out what you're doing at the time, what time it is, and how you're feeling your level of energy and your alertness. And then by the end, you can trace along your pattern and you can see exactly what your biological rhythm says that you should do. And then you schedule accordingly. So a lot of the times we talk about, you want to schedule your life according to your own physiology and your own rhythm and not fighting against it. You want to go with the flow, not against it. No friction, just do what your, what your mind wants to do in that moment. So I'll talk just quickly about night owls, because I'm sure there's some of those that are listening and they're like, that is not happening. <laughs> but basically they have the same sort of pattern, but in reverse and later in the day. So they have the recovery, the trap, and then the peak. So their energy and mood are moderately high in early afternoon, low in early evening, and then they're the highest in the late evening and into the early morning. These are the, the real night owls. Mm. So they can follow it like that. And again, they can fill out that, that timesheet and see exactly what times they should be doing what. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. And I think that a lot of people don't even consider that. They're just like, oh, I go to work from nine till five and I do my job and all these things. So that's really valuable. And I think think instinctively uh, when you're, you know, working at an office job or a nine to five, you tend to do the most important things first, but that actually might not be the best strategy. So instead of doing the most important things first, do the most important things when your energy is the highest. So it might seem counterintuitive and it might feel wrong in a sense. Like I know when I do things that are less important first, it feels a little wrong, but it's just smart and it's just a better strategy. Okay. Again, you 
you need to find the schedule that works for you Mm -hmm. because that's going to determine exactly what you should do. That's cool. I think that that's really neat because obviously people that are entrepreneurial and have can make their own hours can get into this with a, a different kind of intensity, but it's cool that you can take pieces of it, even if you work in sort of a standard nine to five corporate job. So that's great. Mm, exactly. Um, all right. Anything else? I know you've got a bazillion things. What's coming to mind? A big one is habit stacking. Uh, so basically it's when you take advantage of your already uh, well-established habits and pair it with a new habit. So you already have a habit, you already have a foundation for it, and you kind of don't need to think about that habit anymore. So let's say you wake up and the first thing you do is go get, um, you fill a tall glass of water and you drink it. So let's say that's a habit for you, that it's mindless, you just do it right away, it's instinctual, it has a foundation. So um, a good strategy would be to pair that already established habit with a new habit that you haven't established yet. So let's say that habit is doing 10 squats. <laughs> so let's say you want to get your heart rate um, up in the morning. Um, and then you think that, you know, time-wise that makes sense for you. So what you would do is get that tall glass of water, drink it, and then do those 10 squats right after. So your brain um, uh, conditions to do those 10 squats after that tall glass of water. So it's essentially becoming your cue for another habit. So that's a, that's a good one that people should take advantage of. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I, the example I often give here is um, Jen Sincero, the author who wrote all the badass books. Then she has one called Badass Habits. Yeah. She talks about, and she's hilarious. She talks about the fact that first thing when she wakes up in the morning, she goes in to sit down to pee and she picks up her floss and flosses her teeth while she's yeah. peeing. <laughs> so she's got those things hooked together, which is really neat. Um, in this same vein, one of the things I noticed in one of your newsletters is that you were kind of talking about habit stacking, but in a slightly different way way. And it was about temptation bundling. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So that's a concept by Katie Milkman, who who's great. So basically she says to pair up two things. One of them is going to be something you thoroughly enjoy. And one of them is something you don't really enjoy so much. So that could be when you go on the treadmill, that's the only time you're allowed to watch your Grey's Anatomy episode. That was mine during university. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be if you don't want to do laundry, you put on your favorite music. If you don't want to do your taxes, that's the night that you order your favorite restaurant. So it's kind of conditions your brain to actually like the thing that you don't really like because you get to do it with something that you do enjoy. And a key part of this is to only let yourself do that enjoyable thing when you're doing the unenjoyable thing. So that let let yourself get like fall into the temptation when you have this specific uh, thing happening. Yeah, exactly. So for me, I would start to crave going to the gym just because I wanted to watch my show. So that's really the goal is to crave that healthy habit. So, so awesome how we can fool our brains into doing this kind of stuff. Amazing. I love that one. (laughs) The guests that I've had on the show are usually up to something amazing, which is clear in this case, for sure. (laughs) They're very successful at what they do. And I'm always very intrigued to know when I talk to successful people, what are you doing for your own personal growth? And I'm sure my listeners are interested in this as well. So I would love it if each of you would share with my listeners and with me, what habit or routine are you currently working on to improving your own life? Yeah. I'll start. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I have been working on a few different things. So normally I would say about five days a week, I'm practicing intermittent fasting. So it depends on the day um, and my exercise levels, but it's about 14 to 16 hours. Um, 
I'd say it's probably not for everybody. For me, I find it's very good. It helps me to condition my body to know what real hunger feels like. I was the type of person who'd wake up and eat, even if I wasn't hungry. Um, so I thought this would not really that when I used to see people do this a few years ago, I was like, you are crazy, <laughs> but I've been doing it. I find it really helps. I have, I've had a lot of gut issues. I find that it really helps to just give everything a break for a long time and then get digesting after that. So that's a pretty big one for me. It definitely takes time to get used to, I would say. Um, so for people who've only, you know, tried it for a few days and they thought it was too much, two things, start slowly don't go from eating at till 11 p.m. and eating breakfast at 7 a.m. to doing a 16-hour fast. You're probably not going to feel well. And that's normal. Your body takes time to adapt. And second, just give it time. It does take your body time to adapt. Basically, what, ha what is happening is you're training your body to be able to burn a different source of fuel. So fat instead of sugar all the time. We want to be able to burn both. So just give it time to transition and get used to that. Another one, a big one for me for pretty much as long as I can remember, it's just movement. So if it's a walk, if it's yoga, if it's strength training, whatever it is, I need to do something during the day, um, at least once. So I will usually exercise in the morning, depending on what time I'm starting work, but that's really a priority for me. I'd say that's the biggest one. And then just taking a few walks throughout the day. When I get home from work, I usually can't just go and do other work. So that's the time I take my dog for a walk, get some fresh air, just leave my phone at home, get some quiet time out in nature. So that that's super helpful, kind of resets me. Cold shower, I'll admit, I haven't been as good recently with the weather getting a little cooler, but you know, this is going to spark me to restart. I, I was doing it uh, pretty consistently for a while in the moment. Don't really enjoy it. After is like euphoric. Feels amazing. I've experimented with this before too. And it's yeah. like terrible for a minute. But then afterwards you feel like fired up. Totally. Like you have this renewed energy. It's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. So, And I, I, um, I heard somebody talking about why this really happens. And I thought it was super interesting. I had never heard of it before, but it's probably super obvious. But when you're in the shower, in the cold shower, your body thinks it goes into survival mode because it thinks that that something's really wrong and because then, it is <laughs> and then once you're out your body sees that you're out of danger and now can relax so throughout the day your body is just in this more relaxed state which is incredible I mean you know at work you get that email you get that stressful event at least your baseline is a little lower than usual and then just some quiet time. I would say either meditation or just reading outside. I find very meditative in itself. Um, just, you know, putting the phone away alone, fresh air and just reading and relaxing my brain. Those are, those are my big ones. Okay. Fantastic. I love it. Nikki, what about you? Um, yeah, I definitely think she hit, um, all the main ones. Uh, but basically I, I try to get everything out of the way in the morning so that there's no looming. So there's no throughout the day, like, oh, I still need to work out. I need to do this. So it kind of just takes that like looming cloud over you the rest of the day. So I wake up pretty early and then I right away sit up straight and meditate uh, for 20 minutes. If I find if I don't do it right away, I'm not going to do it in the morning. So that's like what I've um, done recently. And then can I, I interrupt for one second? Yeah, because absolutely. 
this is where like my brain goes curious about it. So I'm sure my listeners do. (laughs) And obviously let me know if it's TMI, but if I wake up first thing, I got to pee first. So do you (laughs) pee first and then come back and meditate? Or do you just sit up straight and meditate and then go pee after? I totally pee first. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Honestly, I have such a terrible bladder that I'll go like twice or three times during the night. So if I get lucky, which is not actually lucky, I'll pee like an hour before I have to wake up, fall back asleep, and then I'm just able to sit up. <laughs> okay. okay, got it. Okay, carry on. Think about too much too much. <laughs> too much too much. Too much too good. much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll meditate for 20 minutes, um, and then I'll, you know, make my coffee, and then I'll go straight to the gym. Uh, if I do anything in between, it doesn't get done. So this is where the friction happens, so... I, I can't like take any, any breaks in between those few things. Uh, and then I come back and then I make my, I drink my coffee and then I'll read a few pages of a book. So my goal here isn't to get through my book. My goal here is just to create a system in which I read every day. So whether it's one page, whether it's 10 pages, depending how busy my day is. Uh, so I'll read and then I'll also intermittent fast. Um, so she gave all the, the details on that, but it's basically uh, the same thing. Uh, and then, oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you again. Sorry, I'm interrupting you because ahead, now no. I have the questions. Yeah. So you mentioned your coffee. So is the coffee black? And then that can, that's like a, an exception for the intermittent fast. Yeah. Coffee's black. Uh, there's no calories in it, right? That's yeah. why it doesn't start your, doesn't, di- it doesn't start your digestive system. So that's allowed. Um, but yeah, I don't drink, I don't put any milk or anything in my coffee, at least my first coffee okay. until I, um, until oh. I Okay. I like this because I've, <laughs> this is something that I've dabbled with, but I love the cream in my coffee and I'm quite good at waking up and drinking the coffee and mm-hmm. not having food until noon. I'm quite fine, but mm-hmm. I got to have cream in the coffee. So if I can train myself to do the black coffee, I'd be good. If, well, if your cream, first of all, doesn't have sugar and is very high percent fat. And if you're not putting a whole lot of it, it probably doesn't break your fast. So if you're using like really have like 35 like I put put a 35 in yeah if you're just putting like a splash or a few splashes you're good because it's pure fat and fat does not drive your blood uh sugar or also insulin Ashley you good. are my new best friend <laughs> okay so <you've> fasting <laughs> okay I like this Nikki I am sorry for the interruptions but oh, I've just so got worried. a good tidbit to take with me so carry on <laughs> every like every, like 10 times a day she'll say something and be like Really? I did not know that. So <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what was I saying? So wake up, meditate, um, uh, exercise, exercise coffee. coffee, intermittent fast, read. And then I'll also do the cold shower. That's something pretty new for me, but like she said, it feels great. Um, and then I usually at 3 PM do another 10 minute meditation just to reset, like while I'm working. Cause usually, you know, I'll work, um, a little bit later. So I kind of need a, a, a fuel throughout the, to get through the next part of the day. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the last big one for me is, is like my sleep routine. Cause that's the only way I'd be able to wake up in the morning. So usually like around 45 minutes before I get to bed, I, you know, shut off all my electronics and then I'll try to read or just do anything, uh, without any type of screen in front of me. And I find if I don't get that like 30 or 45 minutes of like more calming, um, more calming activities, then I won't really get to sleep in order for me to wake up in the morning. 
So yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it's nothing so crazy or, or out of the ordinary. It's really just the consistency that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing like no one has key. ever heard before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I like it. But it's good when people can hear it over and over again so that yeah. it actually can sink in, which is what I, what I love about this. One more quick question. You mentioned the meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your go-to in terms of how you meditate? I'm sure my listeners will be curious. So for years, actually, I was uh, using Sam Harris's app. It's called Waking Up. So that's mindfulness meditation. So basically, that's the, the practice of noticing when you're thinking. So what the goal of that is, is basically just to um, notice when negative thoughts arise and then you're kind of able to stop them on their tracks and kind of like bring your your uh, blood pressure or negative emotions aside. So kind of like the more, the better you get good at noticing your, that you're thinking, the more um, you're able to stay calm because really any type of, um, any type of uh, like negative emotion or, or uh, negative feelings is just, um, a result of you thinking. So like, you know, it's not, you're never like upset when you're not thinking. So that's kind of what that practice is teaching you. Um, but I've recently, uh, started doing transcendental meditation. So that's a bit different. So they give you a mantra and you kind of just repeat the mantra in your head for 20 minutes. And I can't, I can't tell you so much about the, the science and of that. It's, it's pretty new to me. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm liking it so far. Okay. Amazing. I love it. And I love all of these things. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we've talked a ton about habits, and now we are going to shift gears into a segment that I call, what are you into lately? So in many episodes in the past, um, my listeners have heard my podcast partner, Jenny, and I talk with each other about what podcasts we've been listening to, or what books we've been reading, or what random internet hilarity we have found, and we feel like they might find it fun too. And we share something fun that we're loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So Nikki and Ashley are good sports and they have agreed to play along, but I'll go, I'll go first to show them how it works. Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. So one of my goals for 2021 is to read 40 books. So I'm currently on book number 24, which I'm a little behind on my pace, but even if I don't get to the goal, the whole point is to read more and, and maintain the habit of reading. So if I get there or not, I'm still reading the books. So I do read a lot of nonfiction, as I'm sure you ladies do as well. Uh, Personal growth books. um, There's always something awesome to find the next great book. Um, But sometimes you just need a juicy fiction book to escape to. So this past week, I read a book that was recommended by Reese Witherspoon's book club. And the book is called The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. Have you guys heard about this book? No, I haven't. It is so funny you say that though, because that was exactly um, my, what are you into these days? I've like, <laughs> I've like been reading so many like self-improvement books and habit psychology books in the past couple of years that I literally haven't read a fiction book in like two years. <laughs> so I recently picked up uh, Sally Rooney's new book, um, oh. Beautiful World, Where Are You? So <laughs> that's mine now. Okay. But um, I actually just got another um, Reese Witherspoon recommendation. Uh God, I forget what it's called. It has a blue cover. <laughs> it's something. Oh. Like, are you Are you okay, Eleanor? Or something. Yeah, I heard about that one. So, for <laughs> the listeners who don't know what we're talking about in terms of Reese's book club, so Reese Witherspoon does this thing where she champions women in creative arts, whether it's in movies and film, or and in this case, as writers. So, all of the writers she picks are women, often they're first time writers, and the books are all amazing. So, I, in the last two years, I've probably read. 
10 or 15 books on her list, some of them nonfiction, some of them, um, most of them fiction. And they're really lovely because it just allows you to like sort of turn your brain off. Mm -hmm. It's like watching Netflix, but with a book. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what this one book that I read recently. So the book that you said with the blue cover, if people go to at Reese's book club on Instagram, there's photos of them everywhere. And you can see uh, all the books that she's recommending. I think she does one a month. Um, and she also does some young adult no uh, novels for people that are interested or that have younger kids that might want to get a, um, a recommendation. Um, but like just a quick synopsis of this book that I read, it's like a murder mystery and it takes place in a sanatorium. That's like this creepy old thing that's been transferred into a hotel and everybody gets murdered. And then there's like a <laughs> snowstorm. It's awesome. So <laughs> yeah, I read it in three nights and I, it was lovely. So, um, so that's what I'm into lately. So Nikki, what was the book you said? Sally Rooney, what was the name of the book? Um, it's called Beautiful World, Where Are You? And Sally Rooney, what I, she sounds familiar to me. Do yeah. you know the name yeah. of another book? So um, she wrote the book. I think her first book or her first like maybe bigger book is Conversations with Friends, and then her like big her big um, book. Oh my god, I'm totally blanking. I don't know. It's an Irish couple, <laughs> normal oh. people. Normal. Yes, people. that's right. Okay, that one I read. So that's a, that, that's good. Okay, that was good a, recommendation. Have you um, watched the TV series? The show is incredible. The, the so. show. The normal people? No, I have not seen the series. Oh, don't. It's no? so good. You will just, I just cried it, for a week. It was, it, yeah. It it was, I literally had an emotional hangover for a month. It was crazy. Oh, it was and so it's based on the book. Like it's basically yeah. what, okay. Amazing. Well, that's a recommendation kind of. We'll see. I'll, I might take it because I don't know if I want to like have that emotional roller coaster. If you're, you know, those, those nights you just want to cry. That's the thing. That's the one. She's like, yeah. no, I don't know. <laughs> Just okay. <laughs> um, Ashley, what are you into lately? Um, I'll start with the fun, the more fun one. I just watched from Nikki's recommendation, White Lotus. Oh, I've heard about this. Amazing. Show. It's very um, weird. It's a, okay. it's a, it's a drama satire. Very drama good. satire. Okay. Recommend. Um, it's definitely weird. Just know that, but it's very good. And it's on a streaming service? It's on Crave, okay. HBO. Yeah. It'll, okay. it'll, it'll keep you hooked. Mm -hmm. And then my not as fun one, but very informative one is, uh, if you, have you heard of Dr. Rhonda Patrick? Yes, of course. Yeah. So I've been listening uh, more these days to her podcast. I believe it's Found My Fitness. Mm -hmm. So I know she's all about real evidence-based objective research. And I love her because she tells you how she applies it to her own life and she experiments on herself, which I love to hear about. Um, and then, you know, you can take those little tips and apply them to yourself. So that's what I've been loving these days. Amazing. And I did and Nikki, was there anything else you wanted to add to that? I, I rushed over to Ashley. I just wanted to double check that you <laughs> yeah. told me all the things. Honestly, that was my, my one though. The, the fact that I'm reading fiction books now and I have it in so long and I forgot that it can actually be enjoyable. <laughs> well, and it's like this, like sort of delicious treat after all the yeah. nonfiction, right? Yeah, That's totally. So great. Like you, you go through them way quicker for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah, they're. Um, they're well, it'll help me to get to my forty because yeah. if I'm reading it in two nights, I'll be like, "Let's go, let's get to the next one." <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Um, okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I do read your newsletter every Monday, and uh, as I also said, my listeners, I'm sure, are going to be excited. So, what's the best way for them to sign up? Best way is to go, first of all, thank you so much for reading. We really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying. The best way is to go to our website, 
thehabitsociety.com. So that's where they can subscribe. They can see our archives so they can read all the past newsletters. If there's a specific topic that they want to see if we've written about, then they can probably find it there because it's been over a year now and we write about a different topic every Monday. We also love to hear people's suggestions. So they can email us, email us at society at thehabitsociety.com and tell us if there's something they want to learn about. There they can also find our habit accountability coaching service. So that's at the little top. They'll see the name. And yeah, that's everything on our website and they can find all the info there. Okay. And also you just mentioned this and I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about it. Like what this habit accountability coaching, who's it for and what's involved? Yeah. So it's really for people who I would say are more aware of the habits that they want, but they just can't seem to get to where they want to be. So that's where we come in. So we do a free 30 minute consultation. They can tell us all about what they're striving for. And then we tell them how the program works. And then what our program now is a two month program, two sessions per month. So four, four sessions total. And then there's the option to renew, or if they're feeling good about it and they're good to go on their own, then, then that's, that's the goal. Uh, or they can book on a per session basis. So just one session at a time and whatever frequency they want. So it's relatively new. It's been great so far. I mean, it's what we've really always wanted to do and we love just working with people. So it's been a lot of fun and we love holding people accountable and figuring out the strategies and the concepts that are going to work for them and personalized to their lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's basically just to kind of guide people throughout their foundation of habits because I mean, there's so many, um, like discrepancies of amount of days, uh, it takes to stick to a habit, like depending on the research, So we kind of just want to, in a way, like hold people's hands and kind of give them that extra accountability uh, throughout the beginning of their of their habit, uh, their habit process, just to make sure that like they solidify a good foundation in order to, you know, continue it uh, consistently for the rest of their lives. This is amazing. I, and I think that all of us are very aware of how powerful accountability is. And I also think that it's so cool that, um, after hearing the origin story of the Habit Society and also the Improvement Project, in that accountability was a big part of it. It's so neat how people starting out on like projects like this, we're scratching our own itch to start. And then we can yeah. be like, hey, like this worked for me. Let's try it out on some other people and see if we can help them too. I love it so much. Exactly. Um, all right. If any of my listeners want to follow you online, um, any other places or reach out on the socials to say hi, is there a place they can find you on the socials? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at the Habit Society also. Uh, yeah, that's, that's mostly where we're active, uh, habit society, Instagram, and then email us. We love to hear what you're thinking, what you think we should write about, or just any type of habit success or failures that you want to tell us. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. Um, Nikki and Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the improvement project. It was so great to jam about habits and, um, I'm sure my listeners will be very excited to come and say hi and, um, learn more about the habit society. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. It was really fun. Yeah, thanks so much. 
And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guests, Nikki and Ashley from The Habit Society. It's always so fun to gig out with amazing like-minded women on a topic that is near and dear to my heart. For questions or comments, send an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get my attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show, and today there were a lot of them, in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. And we also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join our community. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Hey, before you go, I just want to share this again, because it may be just what you are looking for to help you get back on track with your habits and routines. Most busy people know that they should be doing something different to lock in good habits and routines to take care of themselves. They know they should get consistent with their healthy habits and self-care. They know they should eat better, drink more water, move their bodies more and manage their stress better. They know that they would feel better if they created a calm home and working environment, surrounded themselves with people who support their big dreams and goals, and tuned in to being grateful for it all every day. Despite knowing this, they often just don't do anything about it. They just keep doing what they have been doing. How about you? Are you ready to get some help and get your good healthy habits on track by finally doing something about it? I can help. As a habits accountability coach, I work with clients one-on-one in a coaching program to help them get consistent with their health and self-care habits. This one-on-one coaching program helps people like you to make better choices for your habits and routines, as well as keeping you accountable to those new choices. I will work with you over 12 weeks to decrease procrastination and decision fatigue, to increase consistency, self-awareness, and productivity. We will work together on your habits challenges and help you to take control of your health and your happiness. It's time to say yes to your needs more often and say no to everything that doesn't serve you. If you would like to work with me in this 12-week, one-on-one, life-changing habits accountability coaching, or if you would like more information, send me a DM on Instagram or send an email to drpeggy at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find the links to this in the show notes. I'll send you all the details and help you get on track to be your happiest and healthiest overall best version of you. Let's get after it.